Hey man, how's it going? Uh, it is going the pretty much. It's, it's it's not bad. Let me start with that. Um, it's going about the same as it has for the past approximately two hundred and three days. So we need that in the show notes. I put a I put a spot in there for how many days we've been working from home. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was, and I was for the first time ever. I think I was prepared because I actually ran the script that I wrote and checked uh, before the show, as opposed to trying to fill dead air as I scrambled to run it during the recording. I'm pretty sure that number is going to get a a lot bigger as well. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to get higher for sure. I I feel so. Well, you know, we we've uh, we've got a guest this week, and uh, it's not. uh, hopefully anybody that derails us and ruins the podcast like that one guy whose name we won't mention. Um, <coughs> Chris. Chris. I'm no, sorry. Sorry. I meant to mute when I was coughing. Yeah. So uh, uh, Jody McCann, longtime friend from the great state of Wisconsin. Jody, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. What can I say? It's a pleasure. So uh, you're but up I there. Great beer. That's right. That's right. So we'll get into the beer. So you're up there in uh, in COVID Central, one of the major states that is escalating. Jo- John and I follow this stuff. We doom doom scroll quite a bit. On that's not great for our mental health. Um, Kentucky is is ratcheting up. Doesn't appear as bad as some of those other 22 states, including Wisconsin. What what do you all hear up there? about the escalations and I know your wife is a, a public health um, official in in her former professional life and and so kind of for John and I what what's it feel like up there what do you think the next few months feel like for you all etc well um, we're we're only third highest in the in the country in terms of of uh, new daily cases per per hundred thousand residents, so that's a dubious distinction. We also have a legislature that is very red, and we have a governor that's a Democrat. Governor puts in a, a full uh, mask mandate across the state and gets sued by the legislature to take it off. So. I think that our approach to it is as fractious as the country's approach to it. It's 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 not good. And you know, you were saying 210 days. We were in Tucson, Arizona, and came home on an airplane through two airports on March 12th, and we pretty much self-quarantined for two weeks after that. And uh, other than going out for a walk and seeing our granddaughter once in a while, seeing my mother once in a while, we've pretty much been locked down. And I agree with with what John said earlier. I think it's going to be a while longer. Yeah, and so um, in in our state, our governor um, really, really has led the nation. Um, I know there's other things going on in New York State with with Cuomo, but uh, he he seemed early on to do the right things, and our governor kind of is is along that line. Seems like a, a real statesperson, um, not 
um, dividing by party, not attacking people. And, and just like your state, um, our, uh, our legislature is mostly, uh, a GOP. They've not been supportive at all. When he issued mask mandates, they had committee meetings and hearings without any of the, the GOP members wearing masks. And, uh, finally some of them started to, but our, uh, Republican attorney general has sued and uh, they just had oral arguments a couple of weeks ago with the Kentucky Supreme Court for um, the the attorney general is contending that the governor doesn't have the right to um, to mandate mask or you know less percentages in in bars and restaurants and in other places all the things that make us safer as a as a society and all the things that uh, I guess I'm going to have to do the explicit tag again all the mouth breathers want to fight about their personal freedoms uh, uh, until somebody in their family gets sick and uh, and dies or or has long-term health issues so uh, yeah we have the same thing here our population, I know, Jody, you, you and I have talked about that. Our population is not nearly as large as Wisconsin's, but you all were doing really well for a while, weren't you? Early on, really quite well. And then, you know, it just got progressively worse. And, and part of that, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of testing, but I mean, we have a lot of positive cases. Yeah, yeah, and and today we, as a state, we've been averaging a little under uh, six um, deaths a week, and that uh, popped up to twenty-seven this week. So, so we're and getting what six we're hearing, a day. Well, maybe ours was six a day too. Then I, I'd have to go look. I look at it every morning. But, um, now, Kentucky is an extra unhealthy state from overall. I mean, we're one of the worst states health-wise, so I could see there. You may have been right the first time, but uh, either way, people are dying every day. That's right. And, and you know, I think you made a, a good point. Until people know somebody who has it or somebody in their family gets it, they're skeptical and they think, oh, this is not such a big deal. And then, you know, somebody in your family gets it. It's it's a big deal. I don't think John and I are, are cut that way. John and I have uh, have barely seen uh, anything but uh, our uh, where we live and outside. So John and I will meet at outdoor places and have meetings and such. But we we've not. We don't do things inside, and and we're both doing either grocery. John does grocery delivery. You're still doing that, right, John? You still get groceries, I, right? I am. Yeah, I am. Uh, still, still getting groceries, and yeah, still doing the delivery. About every two to three weeks, uh, I'll get another delivery to come in. Um, I know I may have mentioned it to you, Mark, just in some of our random conversations, but uh, yeah, it's it's about all that I do as far as going out is concerned. Um, occasionally, I'll make a run somewhere to you know order take out food or whatnot. And uh, last weekend, actually, I had, I had ordered a pizza um, from a local place down the hill in Covington uh, on a, a Sunday afternoon. I kind of figured, eh, Sunday afternoon will probably be pretty, 
pretty calm down there, um, not thinking about the fact that it was a just beautiful day outside and uh, the entire area um, of that part of town completely covered, just people absolutely everywhere. One bar was having an event like with uh, a DJ and like just people milling about everywhere. And um, as I was driving around trying to find a place to even park, I actually debated in my mind, like, how bad, like, I might just leave that pizza. Like, I honestly don't even want to walk through this crowd. Um, but I actually ended up parking at one of our uh, company offices um, to, to avoid most of the people. And uh, I cut through, like, an alley between two houses instead of going past the bar with the huge crowd. And whatnot. Yep. I, I got my food and I got the hell out of there. But uh, just even that being outside on the street, it was it was an extremely uncomfortable uh, experience. So I, I try to limit my interactions even then to times when I, I can feel pretty confident that there's not going to be anybody around. We get curbside we, frequently. Yeah. We, we get our, our food from the grocery store delivered. And then I have three farmers that I've been getting stuff from for a long, long time. Um, and they'll stop by every two or three weeks with whatever I want. That's super cool. So, so Jody in early March, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say in early March, (laughs) in early March, um, this all hit. And uh, so we were genuinely worried about John. So so when I sent everybody home, I said, hey, John, tell me what's in your refrigerator. I think we even recorded it on a podcast. I, I think so. I think we did. What was in your refrigerator, John? You know, I, I don't recall the, ex- the the specifics, but it was roughly the equivalent of like four cans of beer Um a mostly empty bottle of half and half. And I want to say a bottle of mustard, maybe. I I think that was the equivalent, the the, the entire contents of my refrigerator. And your cabinets? Uh, I mean, all kinds of stuff. None of it edible. (laughs) Yeah. Unless I'm going to be eating uh, ground coffee or like uh, bags of tea or something. Yeah. So so Jody, we were really, really worried. And then the company sent out the first care package, which were some really, really good uh, deep dish pizzas from what was the place in Chicago? I, I don't remember the name. The, the place I always went to when I've been to Chicago is Giordano's, and it was not that one. It was another place up there. I don't recall the name now. And so John took a picture of his oven because that was the first time his oven had ever been on when he uh, when he fixed that pizza, Jody. Yeah, and that was that was probably what was that late March or maybe April they sent those out. Yeah, yeah, it was late March or early April. Yeah, and uh, I moved, for the record, I moved into this apartment in the middle of uh, November of 2019. And that was the first time I turned on the oven. I'm I'm loading the frozen pizza in there, and I'm like, I hope it works. (laughs) Well, you know what I always told my older son? My younger son's a great cook. My older son, not so much, said, you can read Exactly. Always instructed somewhere. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of that. (laughs) 
So, John, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, was this is this the first recording we've done since like the really weird episode where we were not drinking? It is. It is. I think it is. Yeah, that one. I'm still like I'm a little shook from that episode. That was just that was bizarre. I mean, too. people even commented on. I, yeah, I listened to that episode that you all didn't drink on. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was. It was. It was so bizarre. If they thought it was weird to listen to, it was weirder to record. Um, I'm drinking one of my more recent favorites. Um, this is going to be a, a total shock. So, for anybody listening, I'll give you time to uh, to sit down. Both of them. I assume you're there. I, I assume that both people are sitting down now. <laughs> Wait, is that is that both of them, including um, your device that auto downloads? Or oh, like it might just be the one person that listens. To the one, podcast. okay. Well, we know it's not Chris. That's all. It's so. not Chris. Um, my beer is from Braxton, which is going to be a big shock to everybody because um, that's the the place I get beer now. Um, but I am drinking the hazelnut coffee stout. Um, it is an imperial stout with hazelnut coffee and lactose. Uh, this was a. Braxton Labs release, so it came in the four-pack of 16-ounce cans. I don't think it was one of their more popular ones, uh, because some of those will sell out like the same day. Uh, This one's been available for a few weeks. I think this is my third uh, four-pack of it that I've purchased now, because I enjoy it so much. But um, as a person who likes coffee and who likes stouts, it's kind of a perfect mix. They did a uh, one of their weekly crowler releases maybe two or three weeks ago. I think it was three weeks ago now. Um, that was like a, a really special version of that one, which was also insanely good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. So that that's what I'm sipping on tonight. How about yourself? I am drinking the uh, summer trip pina colada. I know you really liked it from Braxton Brewing good. also. And it is a sour Berliner Weiss. And uh, I've always liked the summer trip, the pina colada version. In theory, I guess it's got coconut in it. I don't really taste the coconut like I do normally in some coconut beers, mm-hmm. but um, but it's it's got a good taste. Um, I like it. Looks like on Untapped, it's it's pretty popular. It's got a three point eight eight rating with twenty two people reviewing it which is interesting that only 22 people reviewed it so the the limited edition run of of these cowlers is what a hundred and usually about 150 150 so they they can about 150 of these um so that's a little interesting that only 22 of them got um got uh, checked in so jody wish- the the braxton on um Thursdays, Saturdays, and are they doing another day now? Where they have uh, Monday? Day? Monday they do a four pack. Uh, Monday Labs a four pack. Release. So they do a limited edition run of beers, and they started this with COVID, and it's wildly popular. Stuff sells out in in minutes. So like they go on sale at nine o'clock. Um, some people on this podcast might have found a back door in to move themselves closer to the front door. So um, we will um, um, okay. And uh, um, so uh, so we will get get ours first. Now that's hypothetical. Nobody can prove that the FBI CIA Secret Service, can't uh, can't find us doing that, 
but it may have happened more than once. So, uh, all, so all I'm go ahead. All I'm going to say is that uh, our, our good friend of the show, Brandy, um, we we gave her grief for years because she went to uh, Jungle Gyms, a big grocery store uh, with all kinds of crazy specialty food uh, up here in Cincinnati, um, and she bought this humongous bag of rice. And uh, she put the rice in like that lower section of the shopping cart and then forgot about it while they were checking out. And so she didn't realize that they never paid for the rice until they were in the parking lot. And uh, she didn't like go back in and say like, hey, I didn't pay for this rice. They just left. And so we gave her grief for a long time about this. And her justification was, well, it was their fault because they didn't stop me from walking out with the rice. And so hypothetically, if somebody was doing what you were saying, Mark, they might justify that as saying that it's their fault for allowing that sort of thing to happen in their web application. They should secure their website. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) They should. I I think I buy that, Jody. What are you drinking, and and do you find uh, ethical problems with uh, moving yourself to the front of the line if it's really good beer or alcohol? (laughs) Since you're not a beer guy. I mean, if you could move yourself to the front of a wine line, would you? Probably. <laughs> I knew that'd be the answer. So what are you having tonight? Um, actually, I should go get some. Some uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. I don't Ooh. like American Sauvignon Blancs. Um, they're just too oaky. Um, and I don't even really, I don't know. I just don't like it. So I found a few French ones that I like, but my hands are getting weak and arthritic and those corks are, uh, harder than the screw tops. So Sauvignon Blancs from New Zealand is usually about it. You know, it's funny that Jody says that John, um, this can was hard to open. Have you noticed that about any of the other callers? But this one, uh, this one was hard to lift up on. I don't know what the the deal was. I don't know. I've uh, I've, I've got like a, I'm I've become a a professional when it comes to crawlers. Just at due to the pandemic, um, I know you and I purchased a few for recording back in the the before time when we were still in the office, and we would do the the song and dance to pour it before the episode and like spill half of it all over the floor of the office and whatnot. Um, I've become a pro at pouring them, and then I've got a good technique for opening them, too. They usually have, like, a bit of give on top because the top is uh, it's a, it's a bigger diameter, right, than, like, a regular can. Um, so usually I can just take a thumb and push down on the middle, like, right where that tab connects, and that'll pop the back end up, and then ah, from there I can okay. grab it. And that might have been my so problem tonight, yeah. yeah. But it's most my of the rest technique. of them haven't been this tight. I haven't noticed, but I also drank that one like the week that I got it. And I think that was a few weeks. Because I think, is that is that the one that I brought for you when we met up out at the Wessex Farm last week? It was. It was, yeah. Yeah, I think I drank that one a couple weeks ago. So I, I do not recall. So, all right. So, uh, so Jody, we, um, John and I love music. You love music. We're all different in our approach to music, our taste in music, and and how we listen. And and John and I were chatting over a beer someplace, and I mentioned you, and and how 
interesting your background was with some of the music stuff that you've had going on. And, and the whole time I've known you, you've you've kind of been about music in some way or, or another. Hence why I trolled you in the, uh, the show notes. Um, my earliest reco- recollection of a music conversation, John, with Jody was um, – Mark, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. I've got this iPod, the biggest iPod they make, and I can't get all of my songs on there. How can you help me get all of my songs on there? To which my question is, why the fuck do you need all of your songs if you're only going to be gone for two weeks? And his answer was, well, I don't know what I want to listen to until I get there. And uh, and and that seems to be kind of a a running thing with us to to this day. But um, Jody continues to uh, to kind of ingrain himself in the the local music culture. Has done some cool things since he's retired, and uh, and is for as long as I can remember, he's always telling me about. Uh, uh, cool music festivals and events and people and have you heard this artist and things like that? So, uh, so Jody, tell tell us what you do with uh, local radio. Well, there are a couple of things. One, we have a community radio station that's been operating for 40, 43, 44 years, something like that, and it's it's actually there's an association of community radio stations in the country. And our station is one of the absolute flagships. It's a Madison station. It's WRT 89.9 FM and WRTFM.org. Um, and I, when I retired, I, I really liked this country music program that was, was on WRT. And when I retired, it's like, oh, I can listen to it in real time. I don't have to, you know, record it or archive it or, you know, use their archives. And if you do that because of the DMCA, they can only keep stuff for two weeks. So you have to listen to it in the, in the two-week period. So I, I volunteered to help with pledge drives. And then a um, couple people, I just said, gee, um, I've noticed that that Bill, the host, uh, doesn't do his own engineering. So I'd sure like somebody to teach me how to do the engineering. Well, I got taught how to do the engineering, how to do the board. And um, so I would be a substitute engineer when his regular engineer couldn't show up. And and, um, then they found out that I had a really big music collection and I could put together a show and did you show them your iPod or something? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Um, So um, I just, I became for that radio station. There was a folk show on Tuesdays, a country show on Wednesdays and a bluegrass show on Fridays. And for a period of time, I was really the go-to sub for each of those shows. And so, you know, I try to channel it one way or the other. And um, the country guy on Wednesday, Bill Malone, 
I don't know if either of you watch the Ken Burns special um, on country music, the eight episodes on uh, public TV. If not, you should you should check it out because it's it's as good as uh, the Civil War one. It's as good as the baseball one. It's as it's it's just really really well done, and um, the only historian, the Shelby Foot, if you will, of that country music uh, film by Ken Burns was my friend and mentor, Bill Malone. He's, uh, well, I know this is audio, but this is country music. This is country music USA. This is the sixth edition. I have, I have the second edition as first as well. Um, and it is the textbook that's used in any college where country music is taught. And let me tell you, Bill is incredible. He's got the biggest jukebox in the world in his head, and he remembers tons of lyrics. So when Monona, the little town that I live in outside of Madison, started its community volunteer low power station, I went in and said, Hey, I can do a show. And so it's been on the air now for five years. It's five years in August. And I was the first locally produced, volunteer produced show on there. They had a soft opening two weeks uh, before. So I do that every Thursday. Monona's, Monona's station is WVMO, The Voice of Monona. And it's 98.7 FM. So my program on there is 987 Countdown to Country. And it's pretty much roots country. Um, I like folky country. Um, I also like um, kind of all kinds of, of acoustical roots music. So bluegrass, my, my theme song is actually a um, a version of a African American blues guy from the '30s, uh, done by a woman from New York. So it's it's been a lot of fun, and you know, back to the technology. Um, I've been using iTunes since iTunes became available. And it used to handle albums. And, and this is a place where Mark has trolled me before. I'll just tell you that, John. It, you know, you'll, you'll see. But it used to handle albums terribly. It was just, it still doesn't do them perfectly. But um, so when I first started using iTunes, I was making a playlist out of every album just so I could do what I wanted to do with it. Uh, easier and now it's just um, it it does it a lot better. But so I actually use iTunes to put my my show together, um, and I get I get a fair amount of new music. Um, we have a volunteer music director. The music director at WRT is actually paid, and 
So I get some music from them. I still buy some on iTunes. I still buy some. I I got rid of my vinyl collection a number of years ago, so I just do CDs now. And sometimes I just want to buy them for the liner notes because, you know, sometimes they'll publish a digital book. Sometimes they won't. Uh, some artists, you know, have good information on their websites. Some don't. So I put together a show um, every week that we're here. Last week, uh, see, two weeks ago, I did WRT and I did three hours of duets. And so once a month, uh, the first Thursday of every month on WVMO, I do um, country music birthdays. It's just any country music performer who has a birthday in that month, I pick a song that I like by them, which is actually kind of fun because then you get a real a real variety of stuff. And then I've also been involved. We have a... Um, this year would have been the 16th year, I believe, of the Sugar Maple Traditional Mu Music Festival, which is held about 10 minutes from where I live uh, in a county park, limited to a 1,000 people. And by the way, we do have the Tyronina Brewery um, provides all the beer for that festival. And that's a pretty good source of revenue for us. But it's it's a great festival. It's held in a tent, um, but this year we just decided we could not do it. So I don't know. Does that about cover what you were thinking about? It does. So so I'm curious. So I used to have a large vinyl collection, and and CDs came along, and I I aired on. Uh, the convenience of CDs long before streaming and and I recorded I bought a turntable that had a USB connector and ripped some of my albums but not all of them and uh, today I'm really missing that vinyl collection it didn't take up that much space but it seemed at the time like it did and it was going the way of the dinosaur and and obviously everything old is new again and there's even vinyl stores all over the place now and and do do you miss not having your vinyl cuz i do um first of all my hearing isn't that great so i don't really hear maybe all the subtle differences that that a lot of people claim and second of all, mine was taking up quite a bit of room. When I got rid of my vinyl collection, I had 1,200 albums. Mm, yeah. I probably had five yeah. or 600. So, so. There, there, were, there, there were a few. In fact, I'll tell you one that I have not been able to find. I found a British recreation of it. And, um, you know, the very first Bob Dylan song – the talking New York blues, he sings about uh, going to New York and blowing his lungs out for a dollar a day. You know where that came from? No. He went under contract to Columbia, okay, Columbia Records. Harry Belafonte recorded Midnight Special, and Bob Dylan played a harmonica behind Harry Belafonte on Midnight Special. Wow, that's cool. 
I, I found a British remastered version, but it's not it's not quite as good. So that's one I missed. The other also has to do with Bob Dylan. Actually, there are three. But the other Bob Dylan one is if you listen to the CD version of uh, Bob Dylan, let's see. Ooh, what album is it? Uh, it's, the, it's one, it's got a white outline around it, and um, he's in some really fancy clothes. It's maybe the first album that was electrified after he went to Newport. I, I, I could look it up and I, I could tell you the song, but um, the thing that bugs the crap out of me on the original vinyl, the band starts out and they start doing this song and the drummer is nowhere. There's no drummer. And Bob Dylan just laughs and laughs and says, let's do this again. And they come in and the and they left that on there. Well, for the CD version of that very same song, they cut that out. And I just think that it part of it's part of what makes the album real to me. So the one with the okay. white border is called New Morning. No, not that one. Not that one. Way newer, way, way older than that. Um I'll, I'll look it up in a that second. That one was 1970. Okay. Uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues. Let me see here. I'll 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 do it. See another side here. of Bob Dylan was 1964, and it it also has white around the edges. So um, so John, did you ever have? Vinyl. There was a third one. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the third. Okay. The third one, though, um, as I'm looking, um, the third one. No, it's not another side of Bob Dylan. It's not Blonde on Blonde. It's not Bob Dylan. It's not Bob Dylan. It's not any of the bootlegs. It's bringing it all back home. Subterranean Homesick Blues is the, is the first cut on the album, and it's that that cut. So my number three thing that I regret about not having the vinyl. So do you know who Ed Sanders is? Ever hear of a band called the Fugs? No, I have no. Okay, okay. They they were a kind of a metal band or a hard rock band, but Ed Sanders, who was a member of the Fugs made a country album by himself called Sanders Truck Stop. And there are some great songs on it. You can't find it anywhere. So there you go. Those are those are my three vinyls that I really miss. Not too bad. Well, out of uh, 1,200, the three is pretty, uh, a pretty good number. I, I mostly miss enough. the... Um, the rock stuff like uh, the babies, early journey, Kansas, Boston, all of those, uh, those were the ones that, that really stood out to me. I had older stuff. I had newer stuff, but it was kind of those uh, classic rock ones that, uh, that I wore out. And then my college roommate, to this day, I can't stand Led Zeppelin because uh, – <laughs> 
on my stereo system in college, he constantly played uh, Zeppelin and uh, whatever the album was that had Stairway to Heaven on it. And if I ever hear Stairway to Heaven again, I just want to scream. And and genuinely, it's probably a good song, and there's probably other great songs on that album. But I heard it so many times. It's it's just like uh, uh, fingernails on a chalkboard to me. This I'm I'm just saying, given the acquaintances uh, that we have, Mark, that maybe just volunteering that information is not the wisest decision. That you yeah, can make. I, I know the the guy that's run two podcasts, Chris, probably has uh, the Zeppelin vinyl. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bold maneuver. So I'll be uh, I'll be very curious if there's a lot of stairway to heaven in in our future. So, so Jody, just so you know, John is about to throw me under the bus with another one of our coworkers, and so I think on the next Thursday night drinking call, Jody's aware of those because he calls sometimes during the Thursday night drinking call, and um, Chris is likely to troll me with stairway to heaven uh, from his vinyl collection. I I, I sense. I sense I can see the future right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, John, did yeah, you ever have like any it. vinyl? Uh, you know, I, I never did. Um, believe it or not, given the insane amount of music that I listen to these days, uh, through probably about the first half of my life, I, I listened to zero music. So, uh, that is like my parents were never yeah. into music. Um, so really, I never got into music until like late high school is when I really started to to get into things. So now I'm I'm lacking in a vinyl collection, and it uh, it makes me a little sad because uh, I personally I'm into a lot of indie music, and uh, a lot of indie artists will still release vinyl albums now just because it's kind of like the cool thing to do. But um, I think a lot of them are are fantastic, and uh, you know I, I can. I can freely say this because I know that he doesn't listen to these episodes. Um, I was actually like pretty, pretty stoked um, for Chris on one of our Thursday night drinking calls. Um, it was one a few weeks ago where, uh, you know, not the flex or anything, but we set the new Thursday night drinking call record because we were up until 445 in the morning. Um so we ended at 4.45 Friday morning. And Jody, then, um, the, the, the call starts at 7 p.m. the night before, <laughs> if you're keeping score at home. And then uh, and then I still was, uh, I was signed in and working by about like, I think it was 8.30 the next morning. Um, did not feel great. And um, luckily did not record a podcast anytime soon because I sounded like shit. Uh, but there was one point in the night where Chris was, uh, he started playing some some songs out of his vinyl collection. I think at that moment it was just uh, he and I on the call. And I was like, I had to stop him. And I'm like, wait, is this Rhodes by Portishead that I hear? And he was like, it is. And freaked out and like went and he's like sitting on the floor, you know, like next to the record player. And I'm just like, ah, oh, man, that's, that's cool to have kind of that, that sort of collection. But uh, sadly, I, that was, that was not ever something I have. Yeah. I, before uh, COVID, I was, I was trying to, to go in a lot of record stores and just look around. And it's, it's amazing. Um, all the old vinyl and what they're selling it for. And, and, you know, there are, uh, I assume people are making money because, uh, none of it's cheap for sure. So that's uh, true. I don't, I don't know if I can, uh, if I can dip into my beer money too much to, to be buying vinyl anyway. Yeah. 
So Jody, you don't, uh, new releases are not cheap. No, no, for sure. You, You don't use any streaming services, right? No, not really. Did you ever? Um, you know, I, I had a Spotify account for a while. Um, I think that's about it. Okay. So, so John got me wound up on uh, Spotify and then he abandoned ship and went to that dumpster fire of a music service called Apple music when he moved over to an iPhone. So, uh, so Mark, you want to know what's really funny? Cause uh, I've, I've not shared this detail with you. Are you, are, are um, you, are you using news plus too? <laughs> That would actually be the best if I had a News Plus subscription. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have a News Plus subscription. No, um, a few weeks ago, so um, what, what you say is not wrong. Um, Apple Music has some great stuff as far as like um, their curated playlists go and whatnot. But man, it is the buggiest fucking application I have ever used. And uh, given that, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this at the start of the episode or not, but uh, we've been working from home for 203 days. How many? So basically, uh, I believe it's 203. That's 203. Okay. <laughs> um, so anytime I'm working from home that I'm not on a call, I have music playing. Like that's a given. And the number of times where I open up the Apple Music application on my Mac, which, you know, for those who aren't very tech savvy, who might be listening, um, Macs and Apple Music are made by the same company, Apple, um, where it just won't play music. Sometimes it just won't even load the interface. I get a nice big gray rectangle that is the app and nothing shows. Sometimes it'll load the interface. I'll see albums. I can hit play and it just won't do anything at all and it just sits there and doesn't play music and i'll like force close it and reopen it and try again last week i got so fed up with that shit that i was like i'm out i gotta i gotta go do something else like the entire reason you exist is to play music and you're not playing music so i was about to go back to spotify but i figured hey if i'm doing this anyway let's uh let's let's explore a little bit and uh, dip our toe in the waters so uh, i gave amazon ten dollars for uh, amazon prime music unlimited and so i'm currently giving that a shot right now um I'll, I'll reserve judgment for the end of the month i'm a little lukewarm at the moment but um, yeah apple be- apple music finally just Man, they how is your application that bad? It's know. awful. It's awful. It's uh, and e- even on the iPhone, but but the Mac is just an absolute dumpster fire, and uh, and they rearchitected it. So so they oh, no. they fixed this in air quotes, and they separated things, and they took podcast out of it, and they wrote it, you know, rewrote it from scratch, and and all of that, and. Everybody knows I'm an Apple fanboy. I'm paying for News Plus. I'm not an <laughs> Apple fanboy. What the fuck am I? And um, um, I got I got a new work uh, Mac. So uh, I immediately got an email saying, hey, you get X number of months of uh, Apple Music for free. And I'm like, delete. 
didn't <laughs> didn't even do the free trial. Wow, you you hard passed on the you you swiped left on the free trial. I swiped left on the free That's, trial. No, I, I was gonna say I almost said and I'm glad that you spoke first, so I didn't sound stupid. I almost said it's way better on the iPhone. I don't think that's true. I think I just end up, given that the majority of the time I've been an Apple Music subscriber has been uh, during COVID. So I use Apple Music on my iPhone way less than I use it on my MacBook. And so I'm not as exposed to all the issues. Uh, But hearing you say like, yeah, it's kind of a dumpster fire on the iPhone. It is because sometimes I'm like driving around and it's just like I'm on a playlist and it just, I'll go to the next song and it's just, it won't play that song for no discernible reason. And I'm like, your, your first inclination is my LTE service went to shit or whatever, but you hit next and it plays the next song immediately. And it's not like it's cached or anything. It's just, it so, hated so, that song. And I'm like, yeah, how? So what I found on my car was if I'm listening to Jody and I are big book uh, fans and we're, we're audible subscribers and and if the last thing i listened to on my phone was audible when i get back in my car the audible starts playing from the spot in the book and if i get in my car and the last thing i was using was spotify it plays there and if i get in my car google music which is being deprecated as we speak and youtube mm-hmm. music which is its replacement they they play from there and apple music randomly picks shit off of your music collection and one day it might start playing in the M's another day it starts playing in the S's and there's no rhyme or reason. And I'm just like, no, I mean, why wouldn't you start at the last playlist I was listening to on Apple music, but it goes into the complete collection. It's just a dumpster fire. Yeah. So um, like I said, there's, there's things I like about it. I really do think that they're, their weekly playlists, like their recommendations are, are good. I find a lot of good music that way. I find their curated playlists are extremely good. If you know, hey, there's a certain genre I like, I want to s- listen to new music within that genre. Very good. Um, so at the end of the day, the, I think the people behind it who are picking and putting together the music are extremely good at what they do. Um, the people creating the application itself or maybe not as good at what they do. I, I like the curated better on Apple Music than I do on Spotify. And I like the stations for the artist better on Apple Music than I like on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Google Play Music is better than both, and they're killing that. And they've not they've not moved the great features over that I have found in the YouTube music that uh that make me feel warm and fuzzy. I mostly use YouTube music at night on my Sonos with playlists that I have curated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they- the Sonos, as a, as a, the reason that I gave mine up was it has such a limitation on the number of, of playlists. Like it's really low. Um, I mean, I have, I have more weekly playlists than it will handle. Sure, and in, in your yeah, absolutely. In in your scenario, I can see that. Um, I like the curated stuff in Apple Music, and 
And like I said, I like it in Google Play. And um, Spotify to me is a lot like Sirius XM. So, uh, uh, Jody, I bought another uh, Subaru. And so I get a few months of XM for free. And, um, you know, it's the same shit over and over again, whichever station you pick. Uh, at some point, if you've been in the car very long, it seems like the playlist starts over. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. I I gave it up in my van quite some time ago. We still have it in Peggy's Subaru, but I gave it up in my van. You know, one thing I was going to tell you, I the music festival that I've been. Well, first year we went to the festival, and then the second year we started volunteering, and then maybe six years into it or something like that, they asked me if I would take over the the merchandise part. So all the artists bring their T-shirts and CDs and vinyl and and all that stuff. But then when I, when I, so I did that and that's what I continue to do. But when I started at WVMO, they said, gee, we think, we came up with this idea where we would put together a sampler for the local radio stations of all the artists that were going to be at our, our festival. And so I started putting those together and man, you talk about people providing different stuff. I mean, you know, there's SoundCloud and, uh, Oh, what are some of the others? But, you know, so I'd have to deal with like seven or eight different formats or places where people had uh, music to download. But to get it done, sometimes it's easier than others. Yeah, so uh, in Key West they do that. So I've tried to buy all the ones they release. It seems like they try to do it annually and they get it out about every other year. And uh, it's a local artist uh, rendition. Uh, the first few times I bought CDs and uh, now it's available on all the the normal services that you can both stream and buy as well. But uh, I like that. I like to get those local ones kind of uh, bundled together as a best of uh, small independent artists. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we're getting now for the radio station, um, they don't, I mean, I've got, I've got, this, this, this is the new CDs in the last week. And that's that's only half of them. There's another stack. Those are the ones that I've listened to. There's another stack about that big that I haven't listened to. And but there are a lot of people now that are going strictly to to digital. They just say, "Here's the link. You go get it. Do what you want um, with it." One of my one of my theme shows in the next month or so is going to be Canadian Cowboys. And I found a couple of new ones of those that are, that are really, really good. Yeah. I think we're going to continue to see that uh, digital first 
kind of scenario with with the people that have uh, a little more influence and a little more following and probably a little more money that are still independents that they kind of roll out that vinyl as as speaking to a particular group of uh, fans. But uh, digital first is easier for everybody. We have a Jody, we have a a, a new. Uh, uh, a new young man that's started working for us. He's going to work uh, second or third shift for us uh, doing tech support. And uh, he is in Cebu City in the Philippines. And uh, we found out that uh, that he's a musician and a songwriter. And he's actually um, got a profile up on Spotify. And, and while it is uh, not in English, it... Uh, I can tell I would like the song in English. I mean, it is a catchy tune with uh, even with lyrics that I don't understand. It's it's uh, it's a good tune. So uh, cool. I know all three of us kind of like to. I'll have to get you to share that with me. What's that? You don't have. I was that? just going to say I'll have to get you to share that with me. Yeah, I've, no. yeah, I've I've not uh, I've not listened to it, and uh, I've I'm honestly I've never been a person who is opposed to or bothered by listening to music in languages I don't understand. So no. um, I, I regularly listen to music in um, a lot in French, um, Japanese, Korean. And uh, actually recently I had um, a, a coworker of ours, uh, Julie, whose husband is from Austria. Um, I, I had shared with Julie a song I stumbled across that was in German um, so that she could share it with her husband. And uh, he came back and shared with me a big list of songs that were kind of like songs that he liked, um, all that were in German, which is super cool to listen to. So uh, I, w- I would like to hear that. I'll send you that. I'll send you and Jody it. But, uh, and, and so I stumble across. So the, the thing that Spotify is good at is is you and I or anybody can – can create a playlist of things we like. And, and so I, I have stumbled across a number of those that I follow that are very interesting. And I like those a lot. And then, um, I like the show, the TV show Bosch, which is on uh, a series on Amazon prime streaming stars, Titus Welliver as uh, Harry Bosch, Hieronymus Bosch, uh, LA police detective based on the Michael Connelly novels. Uh, the Michael Connolly novels are outstanding. John is a, a voracious reader, uh, but he likes the electronic or dead tree. He only listens to music, Jody. Um, but uh, highly, John, highly recommend the uh, Harry Bosch series are um, are vivid. Connolly writes so well that you you see the crime scenes, you see the surroundings and and all those sorts of things. He also wrote uh, the the book series Mickey um, Howler Howler um, the Lincoln Lawyer movie is based on that Matthew McConaughey as the star. Oh yeah okay. okay. I've 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 read. I, I was thinking I had read some Michael Connolly. So, Mark, you said that John was a voracious reader, but that he only listens to music. Yep. Do you mean that I was a voracious reader? Uh, yes, I you typically are. Am reading, no, no. I typically am reading 
three to four books at the same time. Um, <clears throat> lately, I've discovered a a uh, series. I would call them spy novels or thrillers. But this guy is a is an Israeli assassin. <laughs> so it's it's fun to learn a little bit about the uh, Israelis. They call it the Office. That's the only name it has. That's been fun. What? Uh, who's the author? Uh, huh. <laughs> um, Daniel Silva. Oh yeah, yeah. I have uh, read something. I've listened to something. Yeah, absolutely. I have listened to something on uh, Audible. I'm 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 just reading the 16th book in the series, which is kind of funny. And there was a period where it felt like it was all getting formulaic, you know, and then the last book totally blew the formula away. This book, it's back kind of to the formula. So, yeah, he's an interesting one. And uh, John Jody and I. Uh in the early days when it was easy to do, we, um, we traded audio books, uh, back and forth, um, quite frequently, um, and, and shared those in a, uh, in a particular way that would, John would be similar to jumping to the front of a beer line. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll, I'll pretend like I can imagine what that's like. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, so, so John oh, didn't, reads. Didn't we for a while actually physically send we did. an iPod back and forth? We did. And each of us had, had a computer that, that didn't have its own library on it. E- each it of us had an extra iPod <laughs> where we shared our muse, our book collections with each other and, and, and another person, a friend from the, uh, not so great, uh, state of South Dakota, um, who, which is number number two in the COVID world, right? This week, well, that's because they had their head in us in the sand for the whole time, and then shit blew up. Well, look at their governor. Yes, I mean, exactly. Come on. Exactly. So um, clearly, John and I are liberal. John, I, I'm not sure if you can tell from the video feed that Jody might be liberal based on what he's wearing. That, uh, that tie dye shirt. You know where it came from though? Where? It came from a family business. This kid in a wheelchair and his mother started this business. And this is from St. Pete's beach in Florida. I, I bought one from him and my friends that go down there, I said, you know, tell her I'd like something that was just a bunch of different greens. So it's it's green. But now look at my hat. Uh, you know what that is? I don't. I can't tell. You can't? It, it either looks wild. like a, a Bronco uh, busting or, or uh, a pole dancer. That's <laughs> It's a Wyoming cowboy. But the particular, you notice the particular uh, yellow graphic? Uh-huh. That, that is the diamond ring of the 
total eclipse of the sun. Ah, okay. So that's where you went. Yeah, I remember you driving out yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good deal. I feel like Mark was really pulling for that uh, that second option. Yeah, I was pulling for the second <laughs> option. Um, I don't know why you went that far, and you probably wore protective uh, stuff over your eyes where you could have just gone to the White House and stood out back and looked up. <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe that wasn't totality. So, um, so Jody, it's been about an hour. We had a bunch of other topics. So, um, why don't we, uh, why don't we have you back, uh, after you get back from your RV adventures and, and John and I are big, um, the DMCA fair use, uh, what other people are doing, um, and, and some of the people he and I follow, uh, that's, those are important topics. I know you, you mentioned those to me. So, uh, if you, if you would grace us with your presence again, why don't we, uh, why don't we do a follow-up episode in a few weeks and, and talk about right. more serious stuff? Does that sound good to you? Yeah, it does. Um, in fact, sure. I don't know if you put on your, your program notes, um, uh, Spinatron. I did. I was going to tell you guys about Spinatron. So, yep, absolutely. So, um, so you're gone for what? Couple weeks? Yeah, two weeks. So, um, so we go Jody, to the RV and we can just stay away from people. And yeah. So, John Jody uh, did that uh, a while back. So, um, you know, super safe like us. And so they rented an RV and took their granddaughter um, out west and, you know, self-contained in the RV and stuff and had a good experience. And uh, he uh, he mentioned on a call the other night, uh, um, you know, one of the companies that if they, they were, if they were to buy one, they might uh, buy one from. It's not the company that uh, – that we do some business with, but yes, it's uh, not the one that that's popping into my head right now. It's not, but, but similarly, he talked about uh, what the backlog was for this other company as well. So it, it seems that RVs are all the rage, both from a rental, uh, but mostly well, from a sales standpoint. Okay. So I, I get um, four different newsletters Three of them are quite quantitative, okay? They t I mean, Nate Silver, of course. Um, but do you guys know about Judd at Popular Information? No. I don't. Okay, that's another one. He's really, really good. And then there's this guy, Walter Hickey, at Numlock, Numberlock, Numlock News. And one of the two of those guys today had a story we had rented a, a Thor, which was on a Ford platform. It was like a 31-footer. And the story, and, and I'm wondering, Mark, you know, my information about the the delay may be wrong. And it's it's sort of what you were saying. He said, uh, I think, I can't remember which of the guys it was. Maybe Numlock, Walt Hickey. Um, that Thor, this company that builds these RVs, um, they have a backlog right now that is valued at 
$5.74 billion. Billion with a B. I can I tell mean, you that's that, a, yeah. a lot of vehicles. So the, the company we work with, I think the last time we talked to them had a, uh, a nine-month backlog. Nine months, yeah. And um, in looking at some of the other things online, it seems like even the the big big ones. So not not to say that what you were looking at, is, which is similar to the company we we do some work for, um, those Sprinter class uh, uh, RVs, but the bigger ones are also uh, backlogged. Some as much as twelve to fifteen months, and. Um, the name of the company escapes me, but there's a really cool premium luxury uh, one that's built on the Ford F truck platform. And when I say F, we're talking the lowest end they do is a 350, and that's a cheap ass one. They do 450, 550, and whatever else. And and they they look like the camper on the back of a truck, but but they're special built and like you walk from that camper into the back seating area of the truck. They're, they're completely built on this platform and you can actually live in these for months on end without electric that you can carry your water and, and, and such. And, and they are a couple of years backlogged. So, um, that's crazy. So the, the people that have done well in the market, the people that have jobs, the people that had savings appear to be spending their money, and um, and people in the service industries and healthcare industries and and other industries like that are the people that that don't have the money. So um, it's an interesting dynamic. Maybe we'll talk uh, when we talk about DMCA. Maybe uh, we'll talk about the economy. Maybe we'll talk about. Uh, what we're seeing in the uh, election cycle and things like that. There aren't any subjects that John and I uh, stray away from. Uh, both of our listeners, if they get pissed off, they can leave, and we'll still have two downloads because at least two of my devices automatically download uh, <laughs> the podcast every episode. So uh, we'll have two. Well, Jody, I never but- talk about politics. What's that? I never talk about politics except all the time. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jody calls me to, to ask me if I've seen what the senior Senator from Kentucky has done, uh, on a regular basis. So, um, so Jody, I didn't, I didn't put any, uh, of your personal links in the, um, the, the document for the show notes just because I didn't know if you wanted people coming to your site or trolling you. You can let me know after the show, but uh, but we have the two radio stations you work for, so I assume people can find your work there. It's true. All right, good deal. We appreciate you uh, joining us tonight. John, where can people find you online? Yeah, um, People can find me. My main website is jfabhd.com with brand new hosting. I just redid all that. Um, I actually realized because you had linked to it in our shared document of notes that um, I had taken a backup of that off the web server that it had been on and rehosted it. 
and uh, some of the links were wrong. <laughs> so at the very start of this episode, uh, I was like scrambling to uh, to push those changes so that it'd be live. Not that you know that anybody's gonna hear this immediately after the recording, um, but still, I just I wanted to fix it because it bugs me if it's wrong. But um, yeah, jfabhd.com is my main site. Has links to all my other places. Uh, I recently revived the uh, unusually.pink website as well uh, that is linked to on jfabhd.com. Um, that's now just a blog that has all the old uh, blog posts that I did back when it was for the Unusually Pink podcast, plus some other new stuff that I put on there. So um, those are the two uh, main main places. I'm still fighting the, the good fight staying off of uh, social media. What, uh, you have some stuff going on on Twitter, though, man. Tell us what you, what's going on on Twitter. That's fun. Um, so, yeah, Twitter is um, my main personal Twitter account is now gone. So uh, I, I nuked that. I actually um, I logged back into it like two days ago, which happens to be the 29th day after I had deactivated it. So I logged back in right before that 30 day mark where Twitter like fully nukes it. Um, I was on for approximately 30 minutes before I was like, oh wait, Twitter's a toxic cesspool and that's why I deleted this in the first place and then deactivated it again. Uh, that being said, I did repurpose the old uh, unusually pink Twitter account. Um, I was bored one weekend. Uh, I signed up for a Twitter developer account with it. And so I have turned that account into a bot. Um, that Twitter bot has roughly, yeah, I think it's like 260 some different shades of the color pink in a database. And so uh, every single day at 8 a.m. Eastern time, it posts the daily shade of the color pink. It'll give you the hex color code, the RGB color code, uh, and then a link to a website that'll actually show you what that color palette looks like. So if you need your daily dose of pink, you can follow that account and uh, it'll it'll share it with you, which it's just kind of fitting because it's the unusually pink Twitter account. Um, I do also have that set up now that uh, anytime I post on that blog at unusually.pink, um, those posts go there as well. But really the, the shades of pink are, are way more fun. Oh, it also has a name too. I didn't know you could come up with the actual like English name for 250 plus shades of pink, but somebody did it and I stole their work. <laughs> so kudos to them. All right. Good deal. I click on it uh, frequently and look at, uh, I, I open the website and look at the uh, shades of pink. It's uh, it's all automated, so I'm not going to lie. Every single morning, um, I usually log into it and just look at what the daily shade is because I have no idea, just like anybody else, which one it's randomly going to pick. Yeah, so I think that's cool, and it's it's an interesting use of technology. So, as usual, I have not uh, created the uh, gone back and and resurrected the. Uh, Website that I've promised to do. I mean, it's not like we've been home for 203 days, <laughs> but um, I've really been sitting here in anticipation because a close friend uh, has a bluebird trail in central Kentucky, and I've been trying to, to build his website for him, but uh, he won't give me any words about his website, so it makes it difficult kind of to to build what he wants. So uh, 
I don't know, you know maybe six or eight months from now, he'll get me some words and I'll it, finish his website and then I'll work on mine. But until then, you can uh, find me. Uh, you can go to craftbrewgeek.com. That'll redirect you to my uh, Instagram account and uh, the same name on the Twitter and the Facebook. Um, as I said in a previous episode, my posting is uh, still fairly rare in that uh, I'm kind of in this uh, personal funk of um, should I post a bunch of beer and street art content with uh, COVID killing people around the uh, planet and um, Black Lives Matter um, going on and and I don't know. I feel like uh, Black Lives Matter is more important and and more significant are the COVID deaths. And uh, I don't know. Nobody else cares. And if I were posting there, I'd get a shit ton of likes. But it just feels uh, strange from to post on social media with all this shit going on and 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 people dying and people um, not being treated fairly across the United States and, and us having to to continue to address issues that have been going on for, what, three or four hundred years. So, I don't know. Um, that was a real Debbie Downer for uh, I, I'm not even buzzed or drunk. So the, so the debate must have made you feel really good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah, the debate. Uh, so, so uh, the signal chat that Plums is not part of as we close out this episode was blowing up last night with uh, debate commentary or commentary about a participant in the debate. And I finally had to turn notifications off on my watch or I was never going to get to go to bed last night because I bought the new Apple Watch. And apparently the Taptic engine in it is stronger than the previous one. And and it was it was like there was something wrong with my arm because my whole arm was just constantly buzzing from the activity. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, I, I finally rolled over and grabbed the watch or grabbed the phone and went in and said, "No, no more motherfucking t- uh, notifications from the Signal app tonight." So um, yeah, mission mission complete. We did a good job. Yep. So Jody, just so you know, if I'm doing a company wide presentation, um. They blow me up in the same way on the signal chat, on text, on Teams, and and so much so that I'm paranoid. Even though I can turn off notifications, my phone's buzzing, my arm's buzzing, my iPad's buzzing, that if I'm doing a presentation, I have somebody else move the slides for me on their computer just so shit doesn't show up on my computer because they are so uh, nefarious and ingenious. So... uh, Uh. Tough. We're good. Yep. We're good at what we do. <laughs> All right, Jody. Thanks again for uh, joining us. Let's let's get back together and talk uh, important stuff. Uh, DMCA issues, fair use. Uh, I dropped some uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation issues in the show notes that we'll use next time. Maybe we'll talk uh, some politics. Uh, maybe in two weeks we won't have a new Supreme Court justice that quickly. I hear the train's on the track and the track is greased. And uh, so uh, we we will continue to live in interesting times. Uh, you guys have a good night.
Thanks. All right. See you Thanks, later. Guys. Nice to meet you, John. <laughs>